Hey everybody, and welcome to the Feminization Boudoir Podcast. I'm your host, Kylie Gable, and we have something different this week. We have uh, an audio, but with two readers. One you know very well, uh, Miss Jen Davis, who is doing the second part. And the first part of this audio, which is about a fourth of the length of it, is done by a new uh, reader. Uh, she's a flirt on Night Flirt, and her name is, is London, L-O-N-D-Y-N, Kiss, which of course, you know, you know how to spell. Uh, I think that she does a great job on this. I love her voice. Uh, it's her natural voice. She's younger, and uh, she definitely sounds it. But on the other hand, it's not that, like, fake baby voice that some women do and uh, just kind of sounds inauthentic. And she's got some great emotion and expression. Her audio isn't the cleanest in the world, and I think if she decides to do more of these, that that will change for sure. I'd love to get some feedback because, you know, new person, do you want to hear more of London? Do you, you know, not want to hear more? I'd love to hear from you. Um your take on this there's you know definitely you can you can write to me at kylie gable at yahoo.com and there's also i believe a way you can comment now on this this podcast as well uh this is one of those um stories those april stories just to remind you april was paul's biggest bully and tormentor in high school and now she's back in his life as an adult and things are pretty much the way they were when they left off so she continues to torment him as an adult and so i wanted to give you a little bit of both so this is part of london's beginning part of the story and then part of jen davis's part as well so a little bit of a longer selection um as you know, I've done a bunch of April stories, and they're always really popular because I think so many of us had some girl or another kind of bully us at one point, and we kind of wish you'd do it again. So, without further ado, it is um, called uh, April's New Secretary, and it, this is by London Kiss and Miss Jen Davis. Yep. Paul felt his wrists forced together behind him. He'd been in this situation before, and he knew it was zip ties. He struggled to get himself free, but now he was in a quandary. April was dangerous, and even more dangerous when she had him helpless. But he didn't want the attention and the humiliation of letting everybody on the bus know what April had done to him. Sarah grabbed Paul's wrist and had little trouble keeping them still as they were restrained behind Paul's back and he had absolutely no leverage. The students sitting near them on the bus could see what was going on, but the few who felt any sympathy weren't about to get involved. Paul was a nobody and April was one of those students who ran the school. Guys who opposed her wound up like Paul did. It was better to mind your own business. April moved around in front of Paul. 
Sadly, students getting out of their seat wasn't unusual on a field trip, and though the bus driver would yell at them, eventually there was no other repercussions. April pinched Paul's nose shut until he opened his mouth and she was able to shove a sponge into it and then use tape to hold it in place. April had used this tape before. It wasn't normal duct tape, which would never stay on. It was crystal clear gorilla tape. The tape was strong enough to keep Paul's mouth closed with just one or two strips. But even worse, it was crystal clear, meaning that while it wouldn't fool anybody up close, but nobody looking back from the front of the bus would notice at all. April sat down next to Paul, who was now securely bound and gagged. When Miss Hampton looked back, she could see nothing wrong and didn't give it another thought. We are going to have so much fun today, Nicole, said April. When they arrived at the expo, it was difficult to move Paul out of the bus into the expo without anybody noticing he was bound and gagged. April and her friends had discussed this beforehand and were going to make sure that nobody got a good look at his bindings or gag. Another one of April's friends, Ashley, hung on Paul like she was his girlfriend, which obscured the fact his hands were zip-tied behind his back. And when the coast was clear, April, Ashley, and Sarah had filed the terrified boy into the women's restroom while Brandy stood guard outside with a ready story about flooding. You're going to be feminized and humiliated today, Nicole, said April as she carefully removed the tape from Paul's mouth. It would sting a bit, but she didn't want to pull any skin off. The question is, Will you be humiliated in front of our small group or the entire expo? You would, began Pa. You know better, interrupted April. What's it going to be? S small group, Paul sighed. There was a definite time limit on how long could be spent on Paul's makeover. If he was gone too long, Miss Hampton or one of the other chaperones would notice. It would have to be quick. The girls didn't bother taking the zip ties off Paul until they were ready for him to put on his soft pink padded lace bra. Paul wasn't surprised that he was in pink, but it didn't make it any less embarrassing, nor did standing around in just a wisp of a bra, panties, and lacy thigh-high stockings while the girls did his makeup and nails. <laughs> when the girls were done, even they were impressed with the corporate cutie look they had given Paul. He wasn't dressed very different from April, other than the fact he was wearing five-inch high-heeled pumps, and hers only had a three-inch heel. They put him in a short rose-colored business suit and a pink camisole. 
With his hair up and a pair of non-prescription cat's eye glasses, he looked every bit the naughty secretary of office fantasies. We've taken the liberty of signing you up for interviews. Just look them right in the eye and tell them you'd be interested in applying for a secretary job," said April. "If you impress them, maybe you can learn something for when you graduate." I, "I'm I'm going to college," stammered Paul. "We'll call that Plan B," said Brandy. "College or not." You need to get offered at least two secretary jobs today," warned April. "And if I don't," asked Paul, "you'll probably get tied up in the women's restroom and just your lingerie. Good luck explaining that," said April. Paul went from table to table, following the schedule the girls had set for him. He smiled cheerfully as he handed his new resume to all his potential employers, and he did get two offers. Of course, they came from men who thought that an attractive young woman like Nicole would improve the view around the office. Of course, they were disappointed when she turned them down to go away to college. The years since school had been very kind to Paul. He had landed a dream job, and with the great job had come the corner office, the hot secretary, the fancy car, and even the gorgeous fiance. His life seemed to be going full speed ahead towards the American dream, and then he discovered that April was living in his condo, and no matter how much money. Influence or power he might now possess, April was determined to put him back in his place, and as far as she was concerned, his place was mincing around in high heels, and a sexy and feminine wardrobe. It didn't take her long to trap him, and take control of the young executive once again. Recently, she had even made friends with Paul's fiance Sandra. For Paul, this felt like the final straw. It felt like a very lacy, feminine noose was tightening around him. Then, out of nowhere, Paul's life was forever changed, when Paul's company was the victim of a hostile takeover. He got a good severance package worth about fifty thousand. Unfortunately, the only way to collect it was to sign a non-compete agreement. He could continue on in his chosen profession, but not in his current city. And Sandra seemed in no mood to move. Fifty thousand is a lot of money, but when you're used to earning four times that, it doesn't last as long as you'd think, especially when you've got a wedding on the horizon. Paul felt lost. Sandra still had a good job, and Paul had savings as well as his severance, but it wasn't just the money. Paul felt worthless as he tried to fill his days without a job to call his own. One afternoon, he was in Sandra's apartment making dinner when there was a knock on the door. Paul wiped the grease from his hand and walked over to the door to answer it. "Hey, Nicole, nice apron," said April as she walked in. "It's just to keep my clothes clean," replied Paul, ripping off the pink floral apron. "What do you want anyway?" 
You're wearing sweats, princess, said April, plopping herself down on the couch. Sandra invited me for dinner. Well, I'm uninviting you, said Paul. I don't think you want me to tell Sandra that I walked in on you wearing her clothes, taunted April. You know we did a whole photo shoot of you wearing them, so I have plenty of evidence. What do you want, demanded Paul. To help you, that's all. Sandra told me that you lost your job, said April. Tough break. I can hear all the sympathy in your voice, said Paul sarcastically. Well, all you have to know is I found you a job, and you'll be reporting to it starting on Monday, said Sandra. You found me a job? This ought to be good. What job? Stripper? Escort? Do you remember when we were in school and we went on that field trip? Yeah, the job expo? Oh, no! I'm not going to be a secretary! Want a bet? asked April. I have so much on you right now that Sandra doesn't know about. That can change. I'm sure she'd love to hear about your history. You wouldn't dare tell her. She's my fiancé, for Pete's sake, said Paul. Wouldn't tell me what? asked Sandra as she walked through the door. Oh, hi, honey, said Paul, quickly changing the subject. We have some great news, Sandra, and Paul wanted to be the one to tell you. That seemed only fair to me, said April. Good news? What is it, Paul? asked Sandra. Now I'm really curious. Well, stalled Paul. Go on, honey, said Sandra. Yeah, tell her about the new... Well, you know, interjected April. Paul could hardly bring himself to speak. He didn't want to be a victim of yet another cruel scheme from April. But Sandra liked and trusted her. She had so much evidence of so many humiliating things that Paul had done over the years. She could definitely ruin his relationship. Paul decided that his best bet was to cooperate for now and then talk his way out of it before Monday. April got me a job, said Paul. I start Monday. That's wonderful. I know how hard it's been on you to be out of work. What will you be doing? asked Sandra. He'll be working for me, explained April. I won't be too hard on him. Paul was only vaguely aware of what April did. He knew the building she worked in was not far from where he used to work. Her firm had to be fairly successful to afford that rent. Do you own a company or something? asked Sandra. I wish, replied April. I'm in sales and I manage team. Paul would be great at that. He can sell anything to anybody, exclaimed Sandra. Well, I'll start him slow. He really won't be doing any sales in the beginning. But I think this is the kind of job he's been training for since college, said April, winking at Paul subtly so that Sandra wouldn't see it. This definitely calls for a celebration, declared Sandra. It looks like Paul already started dinner, said April. I could get a good bottle of wine, though, and we could celebrate at home. That sounds great, agreed Sandra. April had begun her career at global marketing as the only woman in the entire sales force. 
The top salesmen had huge egos and were given plenty of space because they made a lot of money for the company. Of course, this meant a testosterone-fueled workplace, where she put up with being treated as a secretary, being the butt of jokes, and gross, older guys leering at her. It was her third week on the job when Brad Gardner, reeking of bad cologne, suggested she hike up her skirt and unbutton a few buttons on her blouse to entice a few more sales for the team. She would smile and take it during the day, and go home and cry herself to sleep, at the thought of going back to the office the next day. However, April's mom never raised a quitter. She got rid of Brad Gardner within a month and began remaking the department. She had no problem with hiring men, but they had to put their weight and they had better not be making everyone else feel uncomfortable. Soon her sales force looked like she did. It was decidedly young and female, but with a few older salespeople and even a couple of men. She had even hired her old college friend Lauren as one of her employees. Recently, Thad Goodberry had left the firm. He had been there as a salesman for the past decade and a half, and his contacts would definitely be missed. April decided that it was only right that her secretary, Sylvia, would be given first crack at the salesperson job that she had been eyeing since she'd been hired at Global. This left April without a secretary, and with her love of humiliating him, she immediately thought of Paul. It was Friday afternoon at 3 p.m., when April called Sylvia into her office. Sylvia was naturally a bit nervous as she was the newest person on the sales team, and Friday afternoon wasn't exactly a normal time to chat. Come on in and close the door, Sylvia instructed April. Why do I feel like I'm being called to the principal's office? asked Sylvia. Relax, Sylvia. You're doing a wonderful job. You're not in any trouble, replied April. Okay, I can breathe, said the striking Latina woman. Her coal-black hair shined in the afternoon sun, beaming in through the window. So, how can I help you? You remember when I told you that if you got the sales job, I'd still need you to help train your replacement. Of course, said Sylvia. I'm happy to do it. There's the catch. Oh? She's never been a secretary before a day in her life. You'll be starting from scratch, explained April. Okay, that'll be a bit tougher. Is she 18 or something? Actually, she's older than you are, but she's never been a secretary before. Or maybe I should say, he hasn't. A guy? Okay, that's surprising. When you were in school, was there ever a guy that you just loved to pick on? asked April. Yeah, his name was Jorge, and he was such a jerk that it was a lot of fun when he finally got his comeuppance. Nicole is kind of the same thing, but I think I may have gotten carried away a bit. The one thing I can promise you is that your word is law. He'll know that if he disobeys you, he'll be punished. If you feel comfortable with it, you can even punish him yourself. Okay, 
That doesn't sound bad at all, said Sylvia. I promise you, it might take some time to get him used to the job, but I promise you, he will do everything you tell him. And if he doesn't, you can put him right over your knee, assured April. I've got this, boss. One other thing. He's going to be dressing in women's clothing and calling himself Nicole, said April. Even better, replied Sylvia. It wasn't as if Paul needed a ton of preparation to get himself ready to work in April's office. She'd forced him back into dresses almost immediately after she reunited with him a little over a year ago. That meant his hair had gotten some length. His body was soft and smooth, and even his eyebrows were shaped into as fine an arch as April thought she could get away with around Sandra. That weekend, April made Paul spend a considerable chunk of what was left in his severance package on a new work wardrobe. There had been so many excuses to dress Paul up, but not as a businesswoman. Although this was not quite normal business attire, the blouses were tight, the skirts were short, and the heels were high. The plan was that every morning after Sandra left for work, Paul would go over to April's place and get changed into his business clothes. Paul would then take the bus to work while April drove her Miata. April couldn't help but laugh at Paul during his first day at work. Seeing Paul meekly totter around her old office in high heels and a short skirt, she was sure that it was quite a change from his old office, where he was able to act the total alpha male. With Sylvia not letting him get the least bit comfortable, Paul was hard at work every second of the day. The men in the office kept eyeing Paul. Even guys who weren't in the department came up with excuses to stop by the sales office and see the fresh meat. One of them even had the balls to give her a slap on her ass. April watched on in amusement as the new shy secretary had most of the office guys come on to her. I guess if you dress like she was, you're going to get a lot of male attention. Today's outfit for Paul consisted of a tight orange sleeveless dress that was a full four inches above his knees. His knees were five inches high, which were higher than anybody else's in the office by far. His perfume was also overdone for the office, and his bright orange nails were definitely glamour length. April had put a lot of thought into Paul's outfits. The goal was to make her look like the office slut, while at the same time not making her stand out too much in the office environment. Now April had managed to get rid of all the worst guys when it came to leering at the women in the office, but men being men, especially salesmen. Paul couldn't help getting to know the guys in the office very well. Jared Hogan was barely 30 and seemed to be a rising star. He was the only real guy in the office that had been hired by April herself. Jared had behaved himself around all the women in the office so far, but April could tell from a mile away that her salesman was smitten with the new girl. Nicole, you do not have an easy job, and I don't think you're making it any easier on yourself by flirting with Jared, 
said Sylvia as she walked past the secretary's desk. I wasn't flirting, Miss Diaz, said Paul defensively. Weren't you? asked Sylvia, stopping in her tracks. It's pretty clear that you are making eyes at each other. I guess I might have been looking at him, but he's been staring at me all day and it's made me uncomfortable, complained Paul. I don't know if this is your first office job, but when you dress to get male attention, you're going to get male attention. Maybe tone it down a little, replied Sylvia. I'll try, replied Paul, but he knew that everything that April had made him purchase was guaranteed to make him the office slut. There was nothing conservative or even typical of office wear. No hem would be coming within at least two or three inches of his knees, and his fake breasts would be pushed out and constantly on display. The fact she insisted he do his makeup as he would for a night out on the town wasn't helping either. He might not have been the office slut, but he was certainly at least the office bimbo. That's all I can ask, replied Sylvia. Can you go ahead and get me a coffee? I take cream, but no sugar. I'll be over at my desk. Yes, Miss Diaz, replied Paul, resenting the menial task. As he got up to walk to the break room, a delicate hand with coral-colored fingernails held up a well-worn green mug. One cream and two sugars, said the familiar voice. Yes, Lauren, replied Paul. Paul had developed a huge crush on Lauren in school. She is one of those cute girls who never realized she was pretty. She was meek and mild and never picked on him. As a result, Paul set his sights on this girl. April knew this and used Lauren to set up Paul for his very own graduation, which April succeeded in making Paul attend with a dress heels and full makeup on under his cap and gown. When April thanked her for trapping Paul, Lauren actually wanted to stay and help. That began a friendship that had lasted to this day. The milk toast that had been Lauren was long gone. Wow, I have ha I have really missed having Jen Davis uh, on the show, both doing audios and interviewing her, and I want to take care of both of those things. I have another story almost ready to go from her and uh i definitely would love to have her on the the podcast when we do that because she is just a lot of fun she does not give me a moment's uh breath she is on me like a true domina from the beginning and she's just a lot of fun and i always get a lot of good feedback when i have her on so hopefully we'll get her on soon because she is like i said a lot of fun i hope you enjoyed that uh that is april's new secretary and uh, it is up on Clips for Sale. We've had some trouble with Clips for Sale. They've changed a lot of the rules, and it's making it kind of hard with the covers and everything. But uh, I'm I'm getting them up there. So please please keep 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 buying. It means a lot. And um, I hope you enjoyed this week. I think next week is going to be a DJ week. Uh, we have a story with a really interesting explanation for the bizarre title it has. And uh, I'm really looking forward to having her on. It's another one that she wrote more of than I did. So I think that's kind of fun. I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. And I will be back next Monday. And I hope you will be too. Bye-bye. <laughs>